You're listening to the Rogers Waterfowl Podcast. This is A.A. Ron Jones. Chandler Smith here. Let's talk some waterfowl. Probably uh, my first encounter, let's call it, with Final Approach was at a, uh, a sportsman show in Oregon. And uh, I met Bill Saunders, who was selling calls at the time. And he had these blinds in the back of his booth. And, I mean, we've been, we've been hiding in cornfields in Pennsylvania for, you know, since I was a kid. And I saw that blind, and I was like, "I gotta, I gotta have that." That's that's like all the all the crap that we tried to do and put together and stay warm and stay dry and do everything. It was like staring at me in the aisle, and I didn't care. I didn't care what the price was. I didn't care anything. I just knew like I had to get that out of the show. <laughs> so. Um, so I grabbed it right there. I bought it right there, and I ran to the truck, and I just went home. And I was telling all my buddies, like, you are not going to believe what I found today. So that was, like, my first, like like I said, my, my, my first version, my first encounter, whatever, with Final Approach. That was the first time you'd ever heard of it, seen anything about it, knew of it. Now, bef- now before you it. saw this blind, what were you doing in the fields? Oh, my in God. In PA. Okay, so Pennsylvania cuts their corn really tall. The stubble's really tall, right? So, Not bad. huh? Not bad for, for goose hunting. It, great for hiding, right? So, and this was before, like, uh, before they would mow everything or chisel plow or do any, like, nothing. Like, they just leave it. So, me and my brother... And one of our friends uh, who was older than us, uh, his name was Booker. Booker was a character. So me, my brother, and Booker would be, we'd, we'd goose hunt all the time. That was, that was our gang, right? And we ran shell decoys, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also had four, like, 747 shells, right? Nice. So, Big ones. Giant ones, right? So what you would do is you would you would clear out a row of corn, like you would rake all the stubble back down to the dirt. You would lay plastic down, like like uh, almost like a a really thick like visqueen plastic, the real thick clear stuff. You'd lay that down. Then you'd lay the burlap down. Then you'd lay down and put your blind bag at your head, so you'd lay on that. And then you'd cover yourself with burlap, and then throw corn on top, and then put the 747 shell on your legs. And that was it. Really? Yeah. Snow, it didn't matter. Snow, we were using, like, white sheets, which, you know, uh, you know, later to find out, you know, all the UV, you know, is totally different. And, you you know, so whatever. We used anything we could. So that was, that was like the first. And we, we did that since we were kids. Well, and it what, worked. What, what layout blind did you, did you buy? Oh, the Eliminator. Like, that was it. Like, that was the, that was, that was it. There wasn't anything else out. Now, later on, as I, uh, you know, move all around the world and country and whatever I go, um, you know, I get all the details on Ron Latshaw and Grants Pass, Oregon, and him having these slider blinds, they were called. This was before the Eliminator. And the slider blind was like a big wood blind, and you could slide, you could slide down 
the cover and get up and shoot. And it was like really? a, it was kind of like a coffin. And I don't know who. I guarantee somebody's got a slider somewhere. I, I, the, you know, the original was wood and whatever else. So I don't know if anybody has a slider, but that'd be cool to see. That'd be cool to see because I never saw it. You never saw it. No, you, I just you, heard about. You it. heard about it. Chandler. Wood coffins that you slide the door open. <laughs> that is crazy. Not not fold them. They're, they they slide out like a like a window or something. Yeah, and I mean there were so many stories about about that, and you know, Bill Saunders or, or Latchar, those guys. You know, obviously that was the start of it. Bill was in pretty early with with Ron because Ron was in Oregon. Bill was in Washington guiding, and and they had crossed paths somewhere, and then uh, and then everybody kind of got in the picture and and got with got with Latchar because he had such. He, I mean that idea. I mean, just totally changed waterfowl hunting on mm -hmm. dry ground. Oh, yeah. Oh, field hunting, yeah, never was the same. No. At all. No. At all. Chandler, who are we talking with today? Mario Friendy from Final Approach. Um, he's all, he's out here for waterfowl weekend from Oregon, from the, the West Coast. The original F.A. stomping grounds. I mean, this is uh, surreal, basically. You know what I mean? From a From a brand that I you know, that really made my first real impact in hunting, like a product that really changed the way I hunted. I've gone full circle all the way around in the hunting industry and worked for a couple of companies. And now I have the pleasure of working for Final Approach and, and kind of helping it move in a direction. It's, you know, guys say living, I'm living the dream. You see them at a sportsman show or something, living the dream. And they're, they're like, they're basically like throwing shade on it. Mm -hmm. like bro i am living it like this is what i live for there's no this is it yeah yeah that's, that's cool it's kind of the storyline yeah there and crazy and through i mean and you remember fa from from 93 i know every until now i know every every company that it was sold to and sold you know what i mean like ron so history, if anybody out there doesn't know, or, you know, it's hard to follow. Not everybody gets, you know, the industry or was in the industry or even followed it. But so, so Ron Latchaw sold Final Approach to Colpin Outdoors. Colpin was making like uh, some ATV accessories and some other stuff. So Colpin Outdoors bought it. They were in Wisconsin. And Ron was still heading the company. He was in charge of the blinds and, 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 and then later when they got into Culpin, they went into decoys and everything else. So, uh, it was more of an investment move. Uh, Ron still had a job. He was head of, you know, final approach and they pushed it. And then they started getting all these guys on board and, and, you know, Saunders was on board. Bill was on board. Sean Mann was on board. Jeff was on board. Foils was on board. Uh, and grounds was right in there too. Grounds was on board. So, I mean, you had, you had the biggest names, you know, in the industry on that brand. So, and it was like going full speed. Now, take like two steps back and you have Fred Zink who was with Ron early as well. And I don't know, I don't know the whole story or what happened and Fred wanted to do his own thing or whatever happened. But, but so Fred splits and he has his own company and he's making calls and doing stuff. And all of a sudden he gets involved with Avery Outdoors, and now they're making layout blinds, which was once again right off of right off of uh, 
Ron's design. So then that whole chapter starts. You know what I mean? So uh, so then Colpin had it, and they ran with it for a pretty pretty good run. I mean, they added they added duck decoys, and they added goose decoys, and they added some accessories, and, and they, they really took the input of saunders and foils and ground. You know what I mean? Products were being designed for those guys that they wanted. You know what I mean? Like what they needed. Like foils wanted this. Uh, grounds needed that. Sean Mann wanted, you know, a lower blind to be in Canada. I mean, all this stuff started, and they were really humming and making stuff that everybody wanted and needed because everybody hunted different. The cool thing yeah. about it was Sean Mann's in Maryland. You got grounds in Illinois, right? You got foils. Well, foils is Illinois too, mm -hmm. so you, they're kind of in that. But foils was going everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, he was hunting everywhere, and so was grounds. And then you have Bill. You got Saunders way out west, so you had everybody yet all parts of the country all styles of hunting everything you name it yeah you know what i mean so so that made that was a huge deal so you have uh uh colpin that makes its run and then uh colpin gets sold to bushnell and bushnell buys it and then they do a bunch of stuff and uh and I believe that's when Latchaw started to get out of it or he got his money and kind of was done with what was going on in that corporate style. Uh, and then when Bushnell took it, um, Jeff Foyles was kind of the, he was like their, their, their go-to guy. He was like the, he, he really got pushed up him and, and then it was pretty much him and, and, and Bill Saunders were kind of the lead there. Grounds was kind of on and off doing his thing, and I think Sean Mann was kind of doing his stuff too. Um, uh, but then when you had Foils, then John Vaca, who you guys know uh, from over here, uh, John was involved obviously the whole time with, with Jeff Foils, but then John was really uh, instrumental in doing a lot of stuff with Final Approach at Bushnell, and, 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 and those guys were hustling and doing their thing. And then, you know, so there, there's another sale. Then Bushnell changes their name to ATK, which because they started buying other things. And that card kind of starts into a conglomerate. So we're just going through. And every time through sale after sale, like things are changing and not being consistent and kind of getting lost in translation. Yeah, I, I don't want to say watered down, but a lot. I mean, listen, as soon as Latchaw was out, I mean, that was... I mean, he was the mastermind, you know what I mean? He was the, like you call, you, you know, I call these guys mad scientists. I mean, you're in the lab and you're thinking of something and, you know, who comes up with something like that? Like these guys do. So he's, so he's gone. So things just start drifting. So then ATK gets merged into uh, Vista, which is a, a giant monster you know, outdoor group that has a ton of brands like Federal Ammunition and I mean just oh my God, you name it. Like you guys know. Yeah. I mean I mean you guys could look it up. I mean ATK owns an enormous amount of stuff. Um and they had Primos at the time as well. So they were trying to merge like Primos and FA together. So sometimes you would see like Primos on a box with FA on a box, you know what I mean? Like they were trying to blend like kind of the waterfowl stuff of Primos in with FA. So it was, it was kind of mixed together. Like you'll see some green boxes somewhere mm -hmm. that, you know, the Primos green, everybody knows it. So you'll see some of that stuff. So, so, you know, get us all the way up to closer to, to now, you know, you're talking a couple of years ago uh, and then they don't know what to do with FA. 
And I actually heard that they were looking for like a brand manager for Vista at the time for FA. And man, I was supposed to have a meeting at, at SHOT Show, which is our, our big trade show. And I go to the booth and I, I'm ready to go. I'm like dialed in. And the guy says, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have time today. And it seemed really weird. He kind of like brushed me off and I was like, okay. And I, I had this set up for like, you know, two months to meet him and like really go through this. I mean, I had, I had a plan. I had all this stuff, what I, what I wanted to do and, and take final approach back to where it was. And I, I had all this stuff in my head that I figured I could help with and do. And, and he just kind of like blew me off and I was like, and it wasn't his fault. So I, but what I found out like the next night at dinner with somebody else who was a great friend and kind of got the intel is that they were going to sell final approach. So he couldn't do anything. His hands were tied. So I was like, okay. So long story short about this stuff is that, you know, it, it, it comes up for sale. Uh, it gets bought. Uh, I know the people who buy it. I th send my resume. I call constantly. I email constantly. I, uh, I beg, plead, borrow, whatever you want to do to get into this position and, luck has it and here I am which is bananas and that's like saying living right now. living the dream so uh wow and that kind of you kind of started on final approach in last October really yeah yeah so it's pretty fresh all this that you talked about i mean you know listen we as soon as i started working we were you know already behind because you know what what everybody you know, I don't know if you can understand or not. I mean, you, you got to figure out like, like, hey, how come when I buy like my, you know, like my brand new phone, like five minutes later, like the next new phone's out, I'm already behind. Like, because they have that plan for like two, three years in advance. Mm -hmm. Well, this is no different. I mean, you're trying to figure out, you know, new decoys or, you know, change the blinds or come up with a new product. I mean, you got to be ahead of the game. So as soon as we started working, we were already behind. So... We got a lot of good stuff coming uh, this year for 1920. I can't wait for 20. Like, I can't wait for the next couple of years because we're really ready to grind and kind of get back to the roots, which was, you know, we're making stuff for customers, hunters, diehard guys who wake up like me, can't wait, can't, you know, the alarm goes off. I'm already up five minutes before, and my pants are on, and I'm gone. Like I am, I'm going hunting. I can't wait. And those people that share that, like that's who this stuff is for. We're that's what we're making it for. We're not making, you know, a skew is an item. It's called. We're not making an item so we can just make an item and make some money. Like that's not what this company started on, and that's not what we're trying to do. And so your your goal really is to not be the FA of the last five or 10 years. It's to no. be the FA of 93. From, yeah. Years and years ago and, and kind of how it got started. Yeah. Innovation, making stuff that, that guys need and gals. It, 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 everything has changed. Like, you know, what you need in the field to be a better hunter, more comfortable, concealed, dry, whatever – Whatever you need. You know, obviously, there, there's one guy out there probably that says, hey, I need you to make this. And it's like, yeah, we can't because it's like like in Oregon and Washington and a couple other places out the West, like there'll be some weird stuff that we do that nobody else does. 
but you can't make a product like that because you'll sell like 10 of them. You know, you got to be cost effective. I mean, you mm-hmm. can't do a mold or you can't do something that not everybody's going to buy. So we're going to try to be as mass appeal as we can and do as much as we can for everybody, for everybody out there. Yeah. Awesome. So you're, yeah, from the West Coast, you telling me stories about all the different styles of hunting or the just different. No, we're, crazy. The, we're down here chasing puddle ducks and we got, you know, decent sized honkers here in the, in the middle of America, you know, and you're over here on the West with every kind of bird you can imagine. You name it. Weird. And I mean, I mean, what's, tell us about that season, well, how it starts off. And I mean, cause. And the length of the season out there. Let me, let me preface this with. <clears throat> There's no more houses to buy in Oregon. There's no there's no jobs. Don't come there. There's no ducks. There's no geese. You can't <laughs> shoot an there. This sounds like a big windy, if you ask me. You can't shoot an elk. You can't chase a turkey. There's no blacktail deer. There's no mule deer. Uh, sounds I, I, really terrible. Yeah, I was gonna say there's was... almost no whitetail deer there, but there's a little section down there. Rains every day. <laughs> All pores. You'd hate it. So don't come. So anyway. <laughs> That's my disclaimer. Um, so the season starts. We have like an early goose. It's terrible. I think it's it's gone so far down because we don't get a lot of honkers anymore. And there's probably, maybe there's, I don't know. Like around by me, it's totally gotten terrible. And down south, there might be some more. But say there's a couple big groups and a couple grinds, like 300 here, 500 there, whatever. I mean, you have the same 100 guys like chasing like three fields. Really, I mean, not that many, but it's not good. So, so September starts and guys, guys bang on on September and get going, and that's cool. That's awesome. I wish it was better uh, for a lot of guys because it's you know it's dry out, it's nice out, and you can you can really smash five. So that's fun. Uh, so that kind of goes through September, then it kind of dies off, uh, and then you know just the seasons like the end of September, well the end of August, archery deer starts, and then rifle starts. You know, I believe the end of September. So then that kind of kicks off. And a lot of guys will do a lot of big game and then kind of get into waterfowl. But our season, like our duck season, will start. We don't have early teal or anything, but we'll start second weekend of October. And you'll shoot some you'll shoot some local ducks for a while, maybe two weeks, maybe three if you're pushing it. And you can get a couple decent decent hunts in and then and then kind of November hits and you know, we probably if if the season's going normal we'll get our major wave of like the first wave of mallards like right before Thanksgiving and it'll heat up. Uh, you know, and, and early season we'll shoot some wood ducks, we'll shoot some teal. There might be some pintails around, maybe a couple of gadwall, maybe a couple of widgeon. You don't know. Uh, but the mallards will be, you know, I'll be local at the start. Uh, so that, that kind of kicks off. And then there's three periods of goose because they chop it up. So the goose season's separate from the duck season. So the first period is only like eight days long, and that happens uh, like this, the last weekend of October, I think, and it's out. comes in real quick, and it's out. Is it usually good? It depends. It depends on how much is pushed down because that's pretty early for the geese. I mean, we'll start seeing some birds come, but not a huge, not a huge amount. So... Uh, so then you kind of go through there. And like I said, the mallards, you'll kind of get going at Thanksgiving pretty good. And then, and then like this year, I think it's like the 23rd of November, the second period will start. And that's usually the period. And that goes long. That goes from like 
November 23rd this year. It goes like January 10th or 9th, somewhere in there. So that's a long stretch. And the beginning, obviously, is really good. But you can grind pretty good all the way all the way through. And ducks get better as it goes. And it just just depends. You know, we'll get a lot of pintail and widgeon in, like, right around December and moving into Christmas. And then we get a lot more green-winged teal right at the end. And uh, we'll get some, you know, listen, we get some really nice spoonies at the end. And I mean... Like wall hangers. We really? don't get anything like, like that here. Wall. They come through. They look uh, like the hens, basically. The drakes and wall hens. Hangers. Are, it's super unfortunate. And listen, you know, like you go down the coast and shoot some coast birds, and and I mean, cans, you know, occasional redheads down there, tons of bluebills, um, scoters, uh, the buffleheads. Like you, you can shoot a prime, prime drake bufflehead. I mean, the colors on that, I mean, it's white as snow and just, I mean, so, you know, you never know what you're going to run into out by us. There's a lot of ducks that get lost and then all of a sudden fly the flyaway. No black ducks, but I mean, that's yeah. that's about the only thing that doesn't kind of skirt that way. So then it gets on, you're in January, right? Yeah. And then you have like, is there a period where you're done for like a little bit? Do you have like a split season or anything? Yeah, there's two days. Two days on the ducks. Uh, it happens in October. So they so they can match 107 days. They close it like on a Monday and a Tuesday, which nobody even cares. No. It's perfect. <laughs> so then so then we go all the way to the last, it's usually the last Sunday in January or wherever that falls. Sometimes it's, you know, the 24th and sometimes it's the 29th. It just depends on yeah. how it falls. Mm-hmm. And that's for ducks. That's for ducks. And then, and then, like I said, about the 10th of January, goose is out. So third period of goose, which we call late goose, that'll start like the first week of February, and it'll go to the first week of March. And you said there's no houses left in Oregon? None. There's, okay. no, there's nothing. Uh, there's the no housing market's the, terrible. We haven't talked about specs. You know, I wish we got a lot more specs, but... We're starting to see some more, but uh, the specks and the snows pretty much bypass us. Like, they'll come down in September at night and just go right over us and head to Klamath Falls, which is southern Oregon, and then into Tule Lake, California, and then down to the Sac Valley. Um, and and listen, I can tell, like, when we're, when we're banging on birds and all of a sudden it's starting getting a stale and birds are moving out, I mean, I can pretty much get on the phone and call my buddy Steve, who's in Sac Valley, um, uh, who runs uh, Cupped Up Straps, I can call Steve and be like, hey, uh, four days, like you better like work for the next four days and then get off for like the next five because you're going to, like they're coming. And he always like, the first time he did it, he's like, man, shut up. He's like, it stinks down here right now. We're not shooting anything. And like that was like on a Tuesday or Wednesday or something. He calls me Sunday. He's like, "Oh, we banged him today. We were just mashing all like yesterday." He's like, "I couldn't even call you yesterday because everybody was calling me." And I was like, "Bro, I told you, it, they're coming. Like, I'm not joking." So, um, we're we're pretty fortunate to <clears throat> to kind of have what we have. Uh, you know, I guess that's what you get for dealing with the rain that we get. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know what I mean. So you're telling you have duck clubs that are maybe kind of normal for what people think about here, but you also have the Columbia River, which is some have, different style of hunting that's just kind of different on that that coastal west coast. Yeah, kind I mean of you have the you have the river systems. I mean you have you have the river systems. You have 
you know, there's, you know, everybody's uh, idea of a duck club is, I, I don't know. I could tell you how the ones are out by me. I mean, really the duck club's out by us. It's like, you know, we don't have a ton of property, so it's not like, hey, certain spots of, of, of Washington, Eastern Washington and Eastern Oregon, you got a lot of property, but like the majority of the clubs up and down the I five corridor, which is, you know, you're going from Portland up to Seattle and down back down. Uh, you know, you're talking about a small piece of property that has, you know, like my place is like 20, like the pond and everything, like up to the banks, it's like 22 acres. So, 22 acres isn't a lot to just turn like eight guys loose and let them go wherever they want or they'll just kill each other right so the way we run it is you know i have a set of blinds in the front of the property which we hunt early then we move everybody to the middle section and hunt that for about a month or so and then we move to the way back and we're kind of moving as the birds move and as they feed through so that's worked really good but most of the clubs are are like that and maybe have an option but some maybe just have like a 10 acre piece really and they have the blinds right there and they don't move all year so you gotta that's, like pull out the tricks they gotta deal with they yeah that's all they can look do. different be different right i mean i mean you're basically just leasing a place to hunt that hole and that's all they got mm-hmm. you know but some of the you know some of the clubs will have you know some dry ground where you can you know goose hunt as well and the farmers i mean you got to remember or or you know not remember, but I'll tell you, but the, like just south of me, about an hour is like the grass seed capital of the world. Almost the world is what I'm told. Yeah. All the grass seed that goes anywhere is down south of me. It's grown. It's, uh, they clean it. They have all these mills to clean them and all these, all these, it's a cool process, but, but they clean the grass seed and, and mix it, send it out. So, I mean, I mean, that's where they're growing everything. So the farmers down there, I mean, the geese pay hell on them, and those guys want them gone. Oh man, it's yeah. I mean, you get calls in like April. Can you come shoot them? I can't, bro. I can't help. You can't do a thing. <laughs> Believe me, I'd love to. Yeah, and your and your geese you're telling us is mainly lessers. Yeah, lessers. Um, I mean, really, what's changed in the last few years is we would get a pile of lessers. Um, and we'd get a lot of cacklers, but now it seems like the cacklers are just taking over. Oh, really? Yeah. And and anybody who, who you know, like I just saw somebody the other day post something and said, oh, I shot one of those cacklers in, uh, like, Illinois, or I shot it in Iowa. Like, there's a Richardson, which is which would come down this slot, and a Richardson is the smallest subspecies of a Canada goose for this flyway, right? But a cackler is only coming out of Alaska and sliding through the I-5 corridor. And it pretty much stops in the Willamette Valley, which I'm in, and goes back up. It doesn't go to California. You'll have, um, you'll have some other geese uh, that look like that, that slide down to... Uh, down to Chico and and down that way. But as far as a cackler, like if you don't shoot one in the I-5 corridor in Oregon or Washington, you're not, you're not shooting one. Now for people who don't know, they're not much bigger than a big mallard, are they? No. I mean, we've, we've shot them as big as a widgeon. Uh, and we're like, oh my God, that one's got eggshells on it still. You know what I mean? It just (laughs) kind of, I mean, I mean, but that was late season. I mean, I, I'll have to dig up that picture. And actually, we shot that. 
it's funny that you say that. We were just talking about Bill before. We were on a hunt with Bill, with Saunders, and I'm trying to think of, I think we were, I don't know if we were Travis Reese or I don't know who we were with, but I remember Bill holding his traffic call next to the next to the cackler, and you're like, oh, my God, that's little. That's how little it was. It was crazy. That was the smallest one I've seen. And uh, so, yeah, they get they get really, really small. And, that you know, you go to bed at night and your head just hurts from listening to them and you calling and everything oh, else because yeah. it's not a it's not any close to anything. It is a peep. It's not a honk or nothing. It's not. And we have seven subspecies by us and one you can't shoot. So you got to be informed. Or you get you a go ticket. through all those. So Vancouver is the biggest. And, and some guys like in Michigan will, will call it like a like a giant. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Ours is a, a Vancouver. And then you have your Westerner or Western. Vancouver, Western, you go to like your lesser and then your dusky. And I'm trying to come down in size. You know, sometimes they're bigger, smaller. Uh, taverner, uh, Cackler. And then if you go all the way down... Um, I can't think of the ones they get in California right now. I don't know why that's slipping my mind, but they'll have a big white ring on their neck, and uh, I'll think of it as we're going. But the dusky you cannot, can't shoot. Gotcha. And it's just darker than all the other birds. Everything looks the same. Same everything. I mean, this is it. Just go up in size, down in size. Now the cackler, uh, I'm showing a decoy if you guys are just listening. I'm just saying it, they all look exactly the same. You know, body, black head, white cheek patch, that's it. You just go up in size, down in size. The dusky's darker on the chest and uh, like super dark. Like there's almost no break line from the neck to the chest, but the chest is a brown. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it looks so dark, it looks black, and they're just so dumb. That's the bad thing. They are absolutely not intelligent. Oh, they love to be friendly. They oh love to come check you guys out. Oh, my God. And listen, you know, before <clears throat> before two years ago, you had to take a a test. You still you still have to, but you take a test on identifying geese. Uh, they used to have different times to shoot than regular. Like so, say ducks open up at six fifty, right? Shoot time six fifty. Goose would open at eight. It was eight to, to, I, four. to identify to identify. Yeah, that and, had to be torture. Oh, man. Because I know how it is. A lot of times, like uh, even during teal season, you have to wait till sunrise instead of 30 minutes before for identification. And, of course, you're covered up in teal before that. So I can only imagine waiting till 8 o'clock, all the birds are pretty much gone. You know, listen, all the guys, if anybody's listening in the Willamette Valley, they know the struggle. Like, you know, and and this was the move to have as good a decoys as you could have because you would have birds in the decoys for a half hour, 40 minutes. Like if you could pull that off. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're sitting there going, oh my God, just hang around five more minutes. Just hang around five more minutes. You're like, oh my God, it's 7.58. We're almost there. We're almost there. And then all of a sudden somebody gets an itch and they all get up and you're like, are you kidding me? (laughs) I mean, it's happened. Oh yeah. It's happened to everybody. Or, you know, or you land them at 7.30 and the decoys aren't good enough and they 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 look around and they're like, Something's a little fishy here, folks. Let's go. And out they go. You know what I mean? So that's happened too. So, um, you know, we've had our struggles. And then so once you had to take a test, so, okay, we go, on a, we go on a goose hunt in the Willamette Valley a few years ago when they had this. 
we shoot, everybody shoots their geese, whatever. You have to write it down what time you shot it on a card, on a harvest card. You shot it down, what you shot, put it in your pocket. Uh, next one, you shoot, whatever the case may be. So if you get to your four, you're tagged out. Everybody say, we pack up, we go. We got to go to the nearest check station and check them in. And what they're going to do is they're going to measure the bill. They're going to um, check the breast color. And then they, they, measure, uh, they measure the leg. Well, they sex them. They ch check the sex. And then they measure from like, uh, from like the knee. On us, it would be like the knee to the ankle joint just to see. I think that helps them on, on either. They're, they they want to get some averages on, I think, on sex and size. And you know what I mean? Is the male, like, like they're just trying to get some, some size gotcha. measurements. So, so after you do that and everybody checks you out and the fish and wildlife guys, all good. He gives you a new card and off you go. No problems. Now, if you're at the check station years ago, if you're at the check station and, and you got a bird that maybe the bills in that range, but the chest isn't, he's kind of giving you the, I don't know if I'm going to call the state police, the stater to come and give you a ticket or I don't know. Or, you know, if, if he gives you the hold on, <laughs> then, then, you know, it's coming. Right. And then you got to fight. You got to, especially if you're on the, the hinge, you know what I mean? You're like, because the bill length never lies. Right. And cause the breast color could be different. Sure. Well, but, we see that with mallards here. I mean, good Lord. But that, yeah. but the bill, you, you know, you're always trying to go by the bill because that usually, you know, never lies. Because, and listen, there was there was duskies mating with westerns uh, that they were calling weskies with a W, right? And they were trying to collar all of them. They were trying to put white collars on them. And guys, you know, would shoot a pair, uh, one with a collar, one without, and then they were getting a ticket for the one without. But they came in together. You knew what they were. They were mm -hmm. they were bred from a western and a dusky, and the chest was a little chocolatey, and the bill was right on. But they had collared one, but they didn't get the other one collared. So I mean, it was so all through that they got rid of the check stations a couple of years ago, and now if you shoot a dusky and you get caught, you just get a flat ticket. That's it. Now before, if you got caught with one, they took your goose card. And you were done hunting geese for that year. You had oh, to retake the test. Retake the test. So, like, oh my God. So, thank. You didn't lose. Or I've never. Didn't lose your goose card. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've seen guys. I've seen. Listen, one of, one of our buddies like was in the check station. Like, literally, like, I want another stater to come. Like, like, and he fought it and he won. Like, it was not. It was not. The bill was not even close. The chest color was on, and that's why I said he. He stomped his feet, and you know they let him off on that. And we, he should have never. As soon as we shot it, and we got it to the blind. You know, came in. It was all there was all lessers. There wasn't anything else in there, and there was a bunch of taverners in there. And it was one of the taverners. It was super dark, and he shot him, and we shot a couple more, and we're like, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh my god, that one is like black. You know what I mean? But the bill, like I said, the bill doesn't lie. So. Gotcha. So it's an interesting, uh, interesting area. So everybody's got their challenges. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got some stuff on the table in front of us here. Yeah, and I kind of want to talk about. I kind of want to talk about it. We got some new stuff. Yeah, we've been. I guess we've been talking about some geese. We got some new geese. That's yeah, just you guys just in. got them in. 
Yeah, we got. There's a lot more. Tell us a little bit about what these are and what's coming in, and what what changes got made. So I'll start on the decoys. So like the main thing, the main thing on the decoys is we wanted to try to. We didn't have a chance to update the carvings or 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 do like a major, you know, retool. Let's call it. So the best thing we can do for this year was we uh, upgraded the plastic and upgraded the paint scheme uh you know if you've been through if you've had some fa decoys in the past you know the the best thing that i could say is they've absolutely been durable paint wise you know what i mean we we've i mean listen there's gonna there's some batches that were made in a couple different factories on some of the changes you know when it went from company to company that you know wasn't good what are you gonna do I can't correct any of that. That was in the past. But I can tell you now uh, the paint scheme is a lot more lifelike. The colors, the plastic, the adhe paint adhesion, everything on that right now is as good as we can get it on that carving. Well, right out of the gate, I'm picking them up, and I notice they're a lot lighter. They're a ton lighter. Absolutely. And so that's the change in the plastic. plastic. Yes, okay. that's the change in the plastic. And I wouldn't say that they're like a super soft decoy, but no. they definitely have some give to them. So they're not like a super crazy, insane hard. So guys, plastic. if you're uh, if you're listening to this, um, if you ever wanted to jump, we'll have a video version. You can look at exactly what we're talking about. So if you're listening, you go back, um, fast forward. Maybe I don't know what we had forty minutes, roughly somewhere mm -hmm. in there, and uh, check out some of these lessers. Um, we're holding the active and a feeder and all that. Just and new you paint. Could, you could squeeze them, and you got a little bit of give there. But and I wanted a little bit of give, so you know if you're throwing stuff in the trailer or in bags and they're bouncing off each other, you do have enough give. But I didn't want to put a, a lot of give in there, so you got dense and you're trying to pop them out or anything else. We're just trying to be, we're just trying to you know, we're just trying to be as durable as we can. And on that on the, on this carving and what we can do. I think we did pretty good. I mean, when you see these next to the old ones, you're gonna it's gonna blow your mind. Yeah, they look very realistic. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, we did pretty good. Now the specs. Uh, so the you sp revamped the lessers here, and then you revamped specs as well. Yeah. So the thing we did on the specs is uh, we actually went to a new. We got a new head car. Well, there's three different heads we we had carved uh, to fit those because like the older ones. You know, there. I, I get it. You know, you're just trying to go and save money and do what you can. You know, molds for everything, for bodies, heads. I mean, you know, everything costs a fair amount of money. And if you don't want to spend it, you, know, you just kind of sit on it and make what's due. So the, the lessers were the same as the specs. They, you know, unfortunately, they had the cheek patch kind of carved in them. Mm -hmm. And and the new spec heads, they they don't have that. I mean, it is a true spec head that we could fit on this decoy, and we got it. You know, we got it dialed in, and the paint looks pretty good. Um, we didn't change much on this paint. Um, I kind of, I kind of thought we were looking okay there, so I didn't want to make you know crazy advancements there. So, but you changed the plastic like you did in the lessers. Correct. All the plastic yeah. this year. All the plastic is is just a, like I said, a, a mix, a little bit softer. Steal uh, that one. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know. And and upgraded the paint on most of them too. This one we didn't, but we did upgrade the head on this, uh, on the spec. So uh, there's just a couple yeah. things we're just trying to like get a couple things done before we really go into a big, you know, retool come 
20 and 21 and, you know, down, the, you know, in yeah. the future as we go. Um, we did do a new stake, a new stake system. So, uh, so it's a little easier to manage because everything was on Basis, stance. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, we went to a, a stake system to just kind of get some more motion and, you know, I mean, heck you can grab these decoys and pull them right out with the stake on. I mean, you could push them in the ground with the stake on. I mean, they're they're pretty tough, so I'm happy with the you know the toughness of it and the durability. So, but that's always been yeah. The fiberglass stake's not metal, and won't bend. Right. So you know. Right. And metal bases little, sometimes you right. run them, step on them, run them over, something like that. You yeah. bend them, you got to bend them back. Yeah. They're never quite the same. Yeah. And there's a hook there for the bungee to kind of keep that going, and you got your movement and you know your legs. Let's call it so. So yeah. So that's what went through there. The honkers. Um, the, I'm excited to see the honkers. We yeah. We don't haven't received them in yet, but they're coming. Yes. So um, the, you know, you, we're calling them the eight. You know, the eight, just the HD, the, the old last pass honker full bodies and the floaters. Uh, just an update, updated, you know, plastic paint. Uh, the scheme. The honkers did a little different base. We did, uh, you know, kind of a square base, but kind of a bar running through the middle. You know, um, that seems to stabilize a little bit better. And also having that middle bar come through, it kind of seems, it kind of gives the stake that's coming up a little more. Rigidity, yeah. Yeah, not wobble as much. Sure. You know, because you're talking about the biggest decoy, no matter what company, you're talking about the heaviest, the biggest decoy. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that that's putting some pressure on that especially if the wind's blowing and what's going on. so Well, and yeah, the uh, the square bases seem to hold up a little bit better in wind, too. There's no doubt that when the corners bite, the corners bite, you know, you know, I, you know, listen, there's other, there's other companies that have the square bases and, uh, you know, I, I hate like doing something that somebody else has done or copy or do whatever, but at least we kind of put our own spin on it and we did something for a reason, you know, when you yeah. slid that bar through and, and that's the reasoning for it. So, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, we don't want to be, you know, we don't want to be a copycat and this, you know, some stuff's just going to happen sometimes. Well, sure. You know, unfortunately, I don't sure. like doing that. So you revamped all the geese or, I mean, you revamped the, the honker, the lesser, the spec, the goose floater? The, mm -hmm. the, uh, the, the HD goose the floater. The HD goose floater, sure. Yeah, sure not sure. the standard floater, which is like, you know, that's the number one oh, seller yeah. for everybody. Uh, Absolutely. We didn't touch that. Uh, Cause that thing's like bulletproof. Like we didn't even bother with that. Yeah, uh, it's a great price point. It's oh, a little yeah. bit smaller goose, just one non-slot head, head. But other but, than that, right? Yeah. But I mean, you fill them. You use them as fillers. Oh or my you, gosh. I've seen them. We flock head on some, mm -hmm. and they look great when you start flocking heads on them, like ourselves, and mm -hmm. just a good old skew. Yeah, oh, just a absolutely. Great, this is a great item. And since so. they're a little smaller, you can grab a ton of them. Yeah, yeah a lot of guys in yeah. our area here. Oh, they yeah. like to they have the little duck spread, then they buy a six pack of those FA. It looks killer. Yeah, oh, yeah. For confidence. Out to the side. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Confidence or anything else. So. um I'm trying to think of what else. The only other thing, the only other decoy that's that's not here yet that's coming, I think, on a couple of containers soon is um, is the mallards. I'm stoked to see those. Um, and we updated the paint, the paint scheme, the paint, and the plastic as well on uh, the mallard floaters. So this will be the the live series mallards. They're coming. Um, and those are kind of off the the old live crafts. They've just been yeah, re, re, re revamped. Yes, again. pretty much. And we wanted to label everything, um, 
you know, on, on what, where we want to go in the future here. I mean, Pat Godden, who's now 16-time world champion carver, carved those. And uh, it's just a sweetheart of a carving and a decoy. It's just awesome. And Pat's just such a good dude. And we wanted to kind of give him justice on the paint job because the paint job, like, wasn't justice before. You know, I know, listen, you, you know, think about it, you work on something for a couple hundred hours or whatever, and then you send it off and get it molded and the mold looks awesome, you know, and all the details in there. And then you get a paint and you're like, oh, crap. Like, yeah, that's not cool. So, and we've had, listen, I've had that conversation with Pat and a couple other carving guys. It's, it's tough. That's a tough one to, uh, to bite. Uh, one thing I will say, so everybody out there, you know, gets it like the biggest thing is. If you see the blue logo, I mean, this is the biggest change. If you see the blue FA logo, it says FA Final Approach. You see that, that means it's new. It means you know it's mean? been revamped. It's coming right. for 2019. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's Anything in the red boxes or the green boxes or any boxes you or see. the tan boxes. Yeah. White boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anything you see uh, is old. It's just an older skew. And listen, we, we, you know, you guys have a, a a lot of stuff that you're getting rid of. That's old stuff. That's still great oh, stuff. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and we got some, like killer this deals. weekend, like the killer prices on stuff. My God. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's an awful lot of stuff to to go through. Uh, the the new decoy boxes we didn't we didn't really waste. Like I'd rather save our money and put it into the decoys. Like really, the boxes just have FA stamped on them. And it'll just tell you what it is. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? If you want to yank them out of the box, come see them at the store. Like, come on. Jump on YouTube exactly. or yeah, I mean, social we'll media have, whenever yeah. we have the videos yeah. up. Yeah. And we'll have a ton of pictures and, and I, everything. I get that because, and I can respect that as a consumer, as a customer, why add 3 to $5 or however much to make a really cool graphic on the outside of the box? Why not just do a brown box and roll that savings into the, the consumer, the final user and yeah. save them three to five for however much a, a printed box costs. Yeah. Because you know? I, you know, I'd, or I'd rather take that three to $5 and put it in a fund and, and make a new mold yeah. or get something that everybody needs. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like let's use our money wisely. Let's do something. So, and, and you know, listen for the amount of online sales that you guys do. And when people come in the store and what's going on, like, they know what they want to buy, or if they want to see something, they want to open it up. They just open it up. Mm -hmm. You can see all the pictures online, uh, videos that we do. Yeah, and it's just you know, I don't, I don't have to, Im I don't, I don't have to catch your eye in the store. You know what I mean? The product's sitting out. It looks cool. You're gonna gravitate to it. You know, like if if however old you are, whichever part of Final Approach you grew up going through. I, I hope you went through a good portion of it because that's where we're kind of going back to. If you were in the great portion way ahead, uh, like at the beginning, mm -hmm. like that's where we're going. Yeah, something in the back here that that we you talked about right at the beginning, oh, and I think uh, I don't know if anybody's noticed uh, the camo pattern on the right. So what do we have on the, against the wall there? Uh, it's mine. Oh, I love it. Listen, the flagship blind for this company the flagship skew, the flagship, the item that changed the Warfowl world was the Eliminator, okay? When that was made, and I believe Ron's wife sewed the first bunch of them, like herself. Really? <laughs> no no kidding. Um, and, like, I have, I have my original Eliminator is older than my kids, and it's in my shop, and n no BS, it's in... 
original shadow grass and it sits in the shop and I have raffi on it and I use it whenever I need to. Uh, and it's still, there's no rips in it. There's no tears in it. Like there's no bent bars. Like it is a stud. So we wanted to kind of go back to where we were, like I said. So this is in original shadow grass. It is the pattern. I'm on the Mossy Oak Pro Staff. I've been affiliated with Mossy Oak for like 16 years. I, I don't know. It seems like forever. But, and the first question I get, no matter what show or where I'm at is, oh man, you guys should bring back old shadow grass. That was my favorite. I had a jacket or I had a hat or man, I had a this or I had that. And that to me uh, is, and and when we got the sample in and I looked at it, I was like, we got to, we got to order more because I'm <laughs> yeah. telling you, I mean, I mean, you guys look at it. I oh, mean, it's it, amazing. It, it, it looks amazing. Yeah, it when does. I first saw it, I just, I just like something a little bit more contrast, a little bit more darker because, you know, I'm putting lighter grass on it potentially, or I'm inside of a pond where I need mm -hmm. to put dark greens or, you know, who knows? It's just, uh, it's a different look. It's not, you don't have to mud it down. I mean, it looks... The material and the darkness looks, I mean, great. It looks badass. Like, I'm I'm so happy that that looks the way. I knew, I, I'm, I was hoping that it was going to, I knew it would look like that because that pattern is just so, mm -hmm. that pattern kicks ass. Well, and there's there's probably some young guys listening that are not familiar with this pattern. So just, oh. and if you're not watching, if you're just listening, it's basically the bottomland pattern with then grass over the top. Right, and, right. that's how not, they made that, right? But it's not heavy grass. It's just kind of no. here and there. So it's dark, but it's got some hints of highlight coming through, and it looks it looks awesome. It absolutely looks awesome. Listen, that, that pattern has probably been involved in so many... Uh, there's so many bodies on that pattern, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? From jackets to, to blinds to bags to yeah. guns, you know what I mean? I mean, that, that pattern has helped pile a lot of birds. Yeah. So, so that that blind's called the Eliminator. That's right, and it's full frame, just built after the original Eliminator. I mean, that's that's it. That's the flagship one. That's the that's the that is the the blind that everybody gravitates to. It there's a ton of room in it. It it still seats pretty low, and it just man, you just grind them in that. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Now What's the one next to it. So so the one next to it, and and a step up in size will be the Pro Guide XL. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, you know, like, you know, my problem by me is I don't, I don't have, you know, we're usually limited in what we're hiding in. So I have an XL, but I, I, man, I haven't really used it that much because I just, I just don't have the places. And, and to be honest, I get in there and I'm swimming. I'm not a, I'm not a little guy, but I'm just not, I get in there and I'm, I mean, even with money, like me and money get in there and he gets behind the headrest is where I put the dog uh, I, I, it's like I got too much room. So this is full frame, just like the Illuminator, a little bit bigger, uh, lots of room. If you're a bigger guy, uh, I love it. Get in there. You know what I mean? That's for mm -hmm. you. I mean, that is absolutely for you. You got a big dog, that's for you. Like if you want to put them in the blind with you, that, I mean, this blind has a ton of room. If you want to teach your kid how to shoot and you want to send them in the blind with you, that's it right there. That's probably I mean, the biggest blind we carry, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think one time we carried some two-man blinds, two-man layout blinds, but I don't oh, think yeah. we do anymore. But no, that's, no that's, those those went away that's pretty the, quick. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, you could sit, you know, you could sit your daughter or son right in the middle there in front of you, and mm -hmm. and open the doors up for them and just come up and 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 get them going in the tradition. That'd yeah. be awesome. So once you once you go XL, you come down to the Eliminator. The next one is the SUB. 
and and that's full frame up frame up front nothing down by the foot bag so you can fold it up pack in flatten it out throw it in a truck a flatbed you know into the back of a pickup and it fits i mean you can go that route with that one that out of everything that's the most versatile blind for me because uh i can i can get that blind anywhere i can get it on the side of a pond i could i could shoot a fence row with it i can that that to me like listen the eliminator is my favorite hands down it is awesome but i can't use it everywhere i go just because of the size mm-hmm. and sometimes we got to put eight guys on a fence row and everybody's got to be i mean literally blind next to blind next to blind i mean when you flip your doors over you're hitting his doors i mean we're tight because we don't have that much space so we're usually running SUVs and we're running them all tight and and so that's the most you know that's the most efficient for me once you come down from the SUB, you get to the X-Lander, which is, I remember when Ron, you know, that was like, that was the second blind that came out. I mean, the, the he wanted something that was like low profile and the lowest. And I, I remember I had one I, and it was in old Shadowgrass. I, I, I remember that very, very well. And you could put it in a field and be so low and so hit, it was just dirty. You know what I mean? You can get into a crop field that, didn't have really high grass, and you could just disappear. Plus, you could pack it in anywhere. I mean, you can go anywhere with that because mm-hmm. it folds all the way down. Absolutely. I was going to say, I've still got an X-Lander from, well, it's in Max 4, and I want to say I probably got it in like 2007, well, so it's no, going no on doubt. like right in there. 12 yeah. years ago. Yeah. yeah. Long time ago. Yeah. Uh, and then you go to the Express, which is really just you know a backrest, that you could pack down so small, and I mean, you could you could hike that in for miles if you had to go somewhere and literally get in and throw some grass on. It has no real frame. It's almost like a sleeping bag with just a backrest, and you could just, you know, yeah. forget it. Yeah. You Side know? of a pond, those things are dirty because they're just I know. nothing. You know, and, and, and what, we, what we wanted to go back to is, uh, I mean, this is what the company was built on, so we're, we're making sure that all the blinds, all the aluminum, everything we're using is is upgraded to the standards that it was before. So there's no issues. And yeah, some guys are going to break them. And you know, you stand up and on the bars, we're, we're working on a couple things to make some stuff sturdier and, and whatever we're trying to do. But but right now, I'm I'm feeling really good about the blinds that are that just showed up. Sure, like super excited. And the rest of the blinds are in uh, shadow grass blades. Uh, only the eliminators in uh, uh, old shadow grass. Maybe we'll have a little something for you for. I was gonna say, yeah. Can we expect maybe, any other changes there? Maybe we'll have a little something for Christmas or something for you. I'll see what I can figure out. But, okay. But uh, you know, one thing to talk about too is we we I'm going back to roots once again. You know, we started with mossy oak. You know, we've always been a you know, a two camo company kind of going back and forth. I've been always affiliated with Mossy Oak. So, so we, I mean, we really did an exclusive this year with them and we're hoping to just build that relationship and, and go that route. So everything you'll see this year is, is in a Mossy Oak pattern. You cool. know? Yeah. yeah. I love it. So we've talked about geese. We've talked yeah. about ducks. We've talked about blinds. What else can we talk about? I mean, listen, we, we got some accessories. Uh, you guys just got the, the bags in the decoy bags you know we're not trying to be too crazy we're just trying to have bags for you know the duck hunters the goose hunters you know nothing nothing nuts six slot 12 slot 
you know, honker bag, lesser bag or spec bag, floater, you know, you could throw your floaters in, in one of in the six slot bag. That's a mid size goose. Uh, obviously the 12 slot for the ducks. So we're not, we're not, we're just trying to build some durable stuff. And, you know, we want enough stuff that people can represent the brand in it. And, it, sure. and if we can, you know, if you left final approach because stuff was bad, I'm just telling you, we're, we're absolutely coming back for everybody that, that rep that brand and wore a hoodie and, you know, before hoodies were cool, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. before all this stuff was cool, like this company was the start. Sure. You know? Uh, you know, we got some, I mean, the, the Texas rigs came out super cool. You know, like I said, you see the blue logo. Mm -hmm. I mean, as soon as you see the blue, you yeah, know, it's new coated steel, yeah. coated egg weight, which I think is great. Everything's coated on it. On the back of the package you yeah. read that you got coated steel yeah. and then coated egg weight to protect your decoys. So right. you're not yeah. Them, yeah, exactly. You're, if you're having to carry them around and stuff that the, the lead not coated could bang off paint yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're doing everything we can to kind of, you know, do our spin on, on everything. And, and this has been in the line. Like I didn't change that. I, I won't take any, I don't take any credit for that. So, but that's, that's good. You but know, it's a good solid. decoy line. It is. Yeah. yeah it good is. Texas ring for yeah. sure. You know, and there's a couple different things, you know, listen, I'm not, and, and listen, I want everybody to understand I'm just working as hard as I can for the company and doing, you know, what I can do. In no way, shape, or form is this a I company. There's a lot of there's a lot of people putting a lot of time into this. Uh, I'm just the biggest mouth, so I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm I'm the yipper. But we, the 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 one that's actually gaining most celebrity status would be money. Yeah, I mean, my dog is. You know, he's he's the he's the star of Final Approach. Bro, he's at home right now. He doesn't have to do anything. Yeah, yeah. It's like you go to Kansas City, you sell something. I don't need to do anything. Yeah, bro. He's <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, he's the star. Yeah, he's a pecker. Yeah. Now, listen, old money. Uh, money's gonna be actually money. Just turned this past month. Just turned twelve. It's bananas. Yeah. And he's still got lots of fire. Listen, I've I, I've been fortunate enough to have, you know, like a couple of great dogs, and it, and it sucks when they go. Uh, and they don't live as long as people. Like I truly like him more than a lot of people. Like, <laughs> oh, I, do. I, I guarantee there's like I do. A lot of people agree with that. That there's dogs they like a lot more yeah, than I people. Mean, Nobody's you know, gonna disagree with you for that one. You know, I mean, you know, he he's been he's been awesome. He's a clown. They all have their own, you know, personalities and what they do. Uh, you know, I remember my dad's. I remember my dad's first first dog. Uh, like, oh my God, we were kids and we, pheasant hunted a lot <clears throat> in Pennsylvania and cause my dad loved it. That was like my dad's thing. Like he took us duck hunting a ton, didn't really goose hunt with my dad. Me and my brother really, really kicked that off. But, but, uh, on the pheasant side, like my dad was just, it, it, <laughs> the best way I can explain it is our dog was named spade, like ace of spades, like on the cards mm -hmm. and he was just a fiend for pheasants and like me and my brother would be like trekking my brother's two years older than me and we'd be like oh my god that we're tired like we're not even hunting yet right we don't have guns we're just like with my dad and then we'd be and this would happen whether we were you know eight years old and humping with no gun and then like 14 and humping a gun and don't shoot anything right 
and we're both tired and we're like, we're going to sit here and just take a rest. All right, all right, you guys sit there. I'm going to just work this field with the dog and I'll come right back. Bro, as God is my witness, every single time we sat our ass down, my dad would walk through a field and shoot a rooster. It was, it was, bro, you could, I already knew what was going to happen. I already knew. So then when, if we said we were tired and taking a break, like I didn't go, I didn't say, I know you're going to shoot when I'm going to go with you. I know I was going to sit down and watch my dad and Spade work through this field and shoot a rooster and come back. It was automatic. I don't know really? what it was. I'm telling you. It, it, if my brother was here, he'd do the same thing. He'd say, every time we sat down to eat something, get a drink, take a break, my dad would shoot something. Automatic. And that dog was, he was, he was great on ducks. He was a fiend on pheasants, like nobody's business. So that was the first dog. The second dog, uh, I'm trying to think. So we went Spade. Smokey was the second dog. Spade was small, was like 60. Smokey was like 90, like, like you know, through ice. Now, what like, type of dogs are we talking about? Are we all black labs. All black like, labs. listen, okay. there's only one color for me, bro. I don't know. And I don't know girls. Like, I, I'm a male black lab guy. Like that's my partner, that's my buddy, that's my that's that's it. So Smokey was the second dog, and he was the same way. He was incredible on, he was incredible on pheasants. He was awesome on big honkers because he was he was a big dog. He was great on ducks. But the other thing, he was such a pecker when he saw another animal. Like Thanksgiving morning, I'll never forget. I was like a junior or sophomore in high school. We'd hunt every Thanksgiving morning. We'd go pheasant hunting or duck hunting or whatever. We were duck hunting. We were hunting Thanksgiving morning no matter what. And he finds a skunk. Oh. And a skunk comes running, right? And what does he do? He can't leave it alone. No. He's got to no, go get they it. never leave it alone. And the bad thing is the skunk got to the hole and got in the hole. And he grabbed him right as he was getting in the hole and had to go down the hole after him. And that's when he got lit up. And There's listen, no getting that smell. Bro. Out of it. And oh. at this time, listen, at this time, my dad owns a panel van okay, for work. <laughs> so guess what? There's no throwing them in the pickup, bro. It is me, my brother, my dad in the panel van oh. with the dog. And How'd your eyes not water? How'd you keep the van on the road? The heat was on full blast because we're talking Pennsylvania Thanksgiving. It was raining that morning, but it was like, I bet you it was like hovering at like 38, 39. It was cold, right? We're cold, we're wet. Windows down all the way and the heater at like 9,000 degrees. Yeah, yeah, full and, blast. And then like every couple minutes, I, you, know, I can't, uh, you know, you can say whatever you want on a podcast, but every couple minutes, I'm not going to say it, but every couple minutes, my dad turns around and is just cursing the dog out. So we get home, and of course, my mom's like, she's on fire too. So that was like, I will say this, that was the only couple nights that the dogs that I've owned ever slept outside, ever. Because they were always house dogs. They were always, friend, you know, they were his family, you know, in the house, the whole deal. And I gave him a bath in every, you name it. All that crap that they say. No. Orange orange juice, tomato lemon juice, juice, tomato juice, this soap, that soap. Man, he I swear he was it was getting worse. <laughs> I was like, I just looked at him and I was like, and listen, I was the dog lover from ever from from the start. I checked on him a couple times that night. I go out and see him, I go, bro, 
you screwed up today. Like, I don't know <laughs> yeah. what to do for you. So, you know, so then, so then we went him, Smokey. Then I got my mom and dad a dog that my brother uh, had. And then my next dog was Onyx was my next dog. And that was, oh, my God, I got him for, like, nothing, like 250 bucks out of some litter and trained him. And he just turned into, like, a machine. Really? And I bet you... And that was that was the time when I was in the duck club and I got in there and there was a lot of guys and no dogs really. There was like only one other dog or so. So he had I mean, I was trying to calculate, you know, somebody was talking about this the other day and I bet you he had I mean he probably hunted the club probably six years or seven years. I mean, I guarantee you he had six thousand plus birds, you know, on him. It was insane. And I don't even know what money has. I, I should have kept track or whatever, but money's got ridiculous amount of bodies on you know, on, on him that he's brought back. It's I don't even know. It's crazy. And for anybody who doesn't know, money is is Mario's dog. It's his sidekick in all the videos with him. <laughs> Pretty much steals the show in the videos because he's always smiling, licking, rolling around, sleeping, doing something. Oh my god. I, I the the best one the best one was I was cutting I was I was filming, you know, one of the FA Friars or something and Money's sitting next to me and we're talking and I'm talking about pet money and I'm talking to him and bro, he just goes he just gets up and just walks away like I'm so not interested in this. Like just like yeah, I'm out. <laughs> and I was like I looked at him, I was like, What are you doing? Like you just walked off like I understand you don't understand, but like you just You can't walk off set here. Yeah, what are you doing, bro? Like we're so He's a clown, dude. He's good with the kids. Everybody loves everybody in the neighborhood loves him. Everybody sees him. He's just a he's just a lover. He's awesome. So, yeah. And everybody everybody that has a dog, no matter what they have, uh, they know what I'm talking about. So absolutely, we're all dog people here too. Yeah. yeah. So what we got what we got in front of us is something that I I swore I would never do again. <laughs> Can't, every time you swear you'll never do something again, guess what always comes <laughs> back it. around, yeah. So, uh, you know, a little background on me <clears throat> on where I worked before. I, I work. I started working in the outdoor industry for Buck Gardner uh, and and was pro staffer for Mossy Oak at the time. Uh, and then I went, went from working from Buck to working with Fred Zink at Avianax and working for Fred. And then we got bought by Plano Synergy and then, then lots happened and pl- budget cuts and ended up losing my job and then, you know, working towards this, towards final approach. So uh, I, I did calls with Buck. I did calls with Fred. And I just didn't want to do calls again. I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be in the call game again. And then, you know, everybody at final approach is like, yeah, let's do that. I'm like, all right, all right. So one thing we did do, is we're always working on something for, you know, we're trying to get the best price for the customers. We're trying to get the best product. You know, there's nothing groundbreaking on these calls. There's nothing. The only thing is these are, it's like a poly call. Uh, it's an inexpensive call. It's a different material. It's a, a, a poured material. They call it a cold, cold mold material. The temperature, anything weather-wise won't affect it. Okay, so it's in that regards, it's like a polycol, but it's a little more durable. You get a better sound. You don't get that tinny polycarbonate sound mm-hmm. out of it. Uh, so basically, we just have, we did a couple different duck calls in different colors. We did just two. We did an open bore, uh, 
like a soft bore, we call it, which is a little tighter, doesn't take as much air. And we have a wide bore, which if you really want to step on it, uh, both of them are double reeds. And we did a couple different colors. We thought we did some cool colors because of the, the way you can do these calls. Uh, they kind of look, you know, like a like a mix, like a, uh, I don't even know how you, I don't like know. Like a swirled, like dip Yeah, item, yeah like a, right, like a swirl. So, I mean, uh, you know, we have an orange swirl, like a black, like there's an ivory. Uh, uh, there, there's just a couple different. We'll have all the pictures up on, on the site here pretty quick because these just got done. So the spec call is probably my favorite just because it looks like a spec chest. It really does. It looks yeah, like bars. It's black and gray. And it's got a little and orange, orange in it. Yeah, with the logo. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that thing's money right there. I like that. Yeah. Uh, the snow call is cool. I do like the snow call. Yeah, too. yeah it's, it's like cool. a white, it's like an ivory with like a gray swirl in it. So so we, we're not trying to groundbreak anything. We just have Canada, Canada goose. goose call. One Canada Goose call, a spec call, a snow call. Uh, we did a, a like a six and one whistle. Oh, the whistle's totally different, you know, f not totally different, but it, it, at least it looks a little different than, you know, same thing that everybody's had out. And like I said, we just did, you know, two, two duck, duck calls. calls. Yeah, an open and a, and a closed bore. So you kind of get, you know, a loud one. Both are double reads. So, I mean, and we're kind of. We're kind of hovering right at that, you know, $59, $54 range, you know, somewhere. In the, they might be on sale this weekend. I think we're going to kick some on sale. If you come to the store, you want to take a look at them, they're in there. Uh, so they're they're better than just your standard poly call, but they're absolutely. not as high end as like an acrylic. Absolutely. They're kind of in that middle of the road. So they're a little more affordable than a lot of acrylic calls for a lot of guys that don't have 150 right. bucks to right. drop on a call. Right. Uh, I mean, in, I mean, this is, it's a tool. It's going to, it's going to last you know what i mean uh the cool thing about the duck calls is there's a couple of different reads that come in there so uh your bottom read of the double read you can change that there's three different versions of that thicknesses or lengths and the way they're set up i mean we went through them all everybody that blows a duck call should be able to pick one of those that's their favorite should be really simple mm -hmm. i mean there's not a i mean usually you just get a call at this price range and there's nothing really to it you just get it and if you don't like the way it's tuned then you fling it in the drawer or you sell it mm -hmm. uh this is kind of a little kit that i'm hoping when you get it you know you could you could pick one of these reeds and and be real happy with it the other thing is if you're a single reed guy you could take that double top off and it'll run you know i've ran it a couple different ways so you can you can run the living heck out of it as a single as well. You just got to pick the right read so you do it. Uh, the only thing I'll say on the calls, which is cool, um, the way that these calls are mixed and poured and the way it comes out and the way it looks, every call of whatever color, like say the orange one, every one of them is different. Like you will not have a call. I mean, obviously, the I mean the black one or the gray one, like they're you don't They're get a, that much yeah. of a yeah. swirl, so it is what it is. But if you get one of the swirl ones, I guarantee you, you're pretty much getting one of a kind because they do not come out even close. No, they don't. To, uh, I mean, nothing about them is similar. So, like the spec calls, like I was ripping through the spec calls, and I was like, I was like, that one looks good. That one, I was like, oh, that one. I was like, yeah, that one might be going with me. So there, there's a couple. That just will blow your mind. So the cool thing about that is, you know, you're getting a one-of-a-kind call. I mean, everybody's going to have one, but it ain't going to look like anybody else's, mm -hmm. no doubt. So there's lots coming. There's there's more stuff coming in this year that that uh, we're excited about that you guys will have. Um, 
there's a couple new bags that are coming. Um, I, I can't wait to do the videos on those when they come in. Those I'm, I'm really excited about. I can't wait for everybody to see those, uh, because we've always had some durable bags, but I mean, these ones are just, I, I think we kind of hit it. These are kind of next level. Yeah. I yeah. can't wait to see them. Yeah. Well, we're rolling on about an hour 15, so we're yeah, going to get some talker, final bro. thoughts. Hey, uh, I can't judge you for that. We're going to have exactly to do this again with the other stuff coming yeah, in Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, can't wait. With the big honkers and the bags and all that stuff coming yeah, in ducks. later. Yep, absolutely. Oh, yeah, the floating ducks. Yeah. 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 I, I want to see that, too. So what are your final thoughts here? What do you want to leave people with when you're talking about final approach and kind of where it's headed? You know, I, I just want everybody to know that, that we're kind of, you know, I'm not going to scream like we're back and we're doing this. Like, like I just really want everybody to know that waterfowl people like crazy diehard fanatical lunatic waterfowl hunters own this company and i am one of them that gets to work here so the folks that are involved in this company are just as bananas about chasing ducks and geese like that i could you know, that I could point you in the direction of, uh, you know, I, there's a lot of companies uh, with all the corporations and everything that's kind of gone on in the past few years in the hunting industry. And, and some of it's gotten watered down because, you know, somebody's calling, like, say the company is public and you got to answer to some shareholders. Well, you just can't do something. You, you say, hey, we're going to change the spec decoy and put a new head on it. Oh, that's going to cost us money. You're not going to do that. That's going to take our 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 margin down, and we we can't do shareholders that. don't want to do that. They don't. No, want they that. don't yeah. care. But it's like, yeah, the, but the spec doesn't look right. The head's all messed up. It makes the decoy look like crap. Yeah, we don't care about that. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what I'm trying to get across. Like this company is back to it. it's going back to its roots of making stuff for waterfowl hunters by waterfowl hunters. There's no you know, fighting the system and I don't work for the man, you know, none of that mm -hmm. stuff. This is like true waterfowl hunters making waterfowl products. And we're going to do everything we can to make some cool stuff, get you the best prices and the best products we can make. And if you haven't tried it or you tried FA and you, you know, didn't like something or something turned you off, the only thing I could say is, is, from if you see the blue logo from here on out and if you try something if you, and if something's wrong you can call me and we'll figure it out because i got enough i got enough trust in what we're doing that i don't think we're going to have issues we're going to make some really great stuff for for great people who share the same crazy passion that that we're all in absolutely chandler final thoughts um i really dig that old shadow grass pattern yep That'll have to be a layout line that uh, I'll have in my arsenal, uh, along with the Goosebusters and stuff. But that 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 pattern is just is. We got a spot with that one for you. Hmm? We're in. Yeah, yeah. We're, we we took a spot in the trailer or in the truck. Yeah. yeah, I'm up with that. I like that. Yeah, I can't wait to see the HD full body honkers. Yes, I'm I'm pumped about that coming too. And and because uh, if they look anything, things. if they look as good as these lessers, they're gonna be. Yeah. Definitely uh, a sweet, very realistic looking mm -hmm. decoy. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd say my final thoughts are the same thing. The new, the new blinds look awesome. Um, uh, the, like Chandler said, I'm going to copycat what he said. That Eliminator in the original 
Shadowgrass is phenomenal. And the new decoys, I, the vast improvement of how much lighter they are. I think that's yeah. what really gets me. The paint job is a lot better, but, I mean, they're so much lighter. The material seems a lot better, too. So oh, yeah. I'm excited to see the, the changes that are taking place. That, oh, I'm pumped. Yeah. So I'm it, all it's, about it. It is. It's really cool. So, and I can really appreciate which direction you're, 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 like you said, you're going back to the roots and you've got the core waterfowler in mind and really yeah. looking after them and kind of what they want and, and, and trying to get away from that, the changes that might have not taken things in the direction. Right, they, right, right. And it's, gone, listen, so. it's the passion and the tradition. You know, it's not about, listen, I love killing birds and piling them up just like anybody else. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love waterfowl hunting, but, you know, it's the tradition that drives me. Like I, lo- I love it so much. Uh, you know, if I can only shoot one bird a day or whatever the case may be, I would still go and still do it. And me and the dog would go because that's mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. You yeah. know what I mean? And we just got to take care of the sport and do what we can. You know, that's that's another thing I'd leave everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just respect the sport and and do what you can to to help the sport. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, on that note, let's wrap it up. I think we're done. <laughs>